So we're wrapping up. We've only got a couple weeks left of our summer series, My Life, My Response, where we've looked at just that. When life throws things at you, we look at not how we respond, but more so how should we respond, right? We know life is going to throw things at us, and we know what our tendencies are and how we respond. So we've been asking that question, when this happens, how does God call us? How does God guide us? How does God encourage us or lead us or challenge us to respond? Now, this last week, we all had a ton of different things going on. No doubt about it. Different jobs. Maybe you're traveling. Kids, no kids. All kinds of different life situations this last week. But if I were to guess, if I were to bet, this last week, we all did at least one thing the exact same. There was something we did this last week that we all had to do in some form or fashion. For some of you, it was a bigger deal. For some of you, maybe not as big of a deal. But no matter where you were, whatever your life situation and life stage is, I have no doubt that every single one of us had to do this this last week. It's only been like 15 seconds. <laughs> You're like, this is killing me. For some of you, that was the longest 15 seconds of your life. You're like, what is he doing? You didn't have to be on stage while being quiet. That's the harder thing, right? We all have had to wait this last week. In some form or fashion, big or small, we've all had to wait in some way. Whether that's waiting in line at a Disney World or a, a Walmart, because those lines are about the same, it seems like sometimes. Whether it's waiting on kids to get out of the house. In fact, a couple weeks ago for July 4th, uh, my family and I, we went and did fireworks. We got out of the house, went and did fireworks. Great time, so glad we did it. Uh, it was new for our whole family. Usually we're out of town on 4th of July, but we did the fireworks and we only made one mistake in going to the fireworks this year, which we will change that for next year if we go, is we got to the fireworks about two hours before the fireworks actually started. So I have three kids, ages six, four, and two. Every 30 seconds, when did the fireworks start? When did the fireworks start? Have they started yet? I was like, trust me, you'll know when they start, but it has to get dark first. So your first cue is it's dark. Your second cue is it's real loud. 30 seconds later, how about now? Are we getting closer? And I mean, just for the next two hours asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Is it time yet? Is it time yet? How much longer? How much longer? We all have to wait in some form or another. So the question is, how do we respond when we are stuck waiting? Because it kind of feels like you're stuck, right? And even the tension, just in that 15 seconds of you waiting on me, just in those 15 seconds, you had a range of emotions probably. At first it was like, oh yeah, he likes his props. He's doing some cute little illustration. But then it's like, no, he's gonna keep going with this. This is getting weird. This is getting awkward. What, how much longer are we gonna have to do this? Then the tension starts to build, doesn't it? There's a tension, there's awkwardness. It's just weird. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what to think. It's, it's nervous laughter. It's, you just can't help it. What am I supposed to do? And that's what happens in our seasons of waiting. We're not sure what to do with it. We're stuck waiting. We don't know what to do while we wait. So let's look at that this morning. 
How do we respond when we're in a season of waiting? Now, let me make this very clear. When I say a season of waiting, I'm not talking about the lines. I'm not talking about waiting to get out of the house. I'm talking about those major, big life situations that you feel like there's no progress, right? It's, it's not just, oh, I'm waiting in line to check out. It's, I'm waiting to get married. I'm waiting to have kids. I'm waiting for my kids to get out of the house. I'm still waiting for my kids to get out of the house. I'm waiting for that career, that perfect job. I'm waiting for that promotion that was promised to me. I'm waiting for healing. I'm waiting for answers. I'm waiting for this relationship to be restored or reconciled. What are you waiting for? You see the difference between what we wait for? It's not just the inconveniences of day-to-day life we're talking about this morning. It's the major situations we find ourselves in where you feel like you are stuck just waiting. Now, patience is difficult regardless who you are. Some of you have more of it than others. Some of you just need to try a little bit harder. I'll say that. But patience is, is split up almost into two categories. You can be patient, and I would say it's easier to be patient when you at least see progress. So go back to the Walmart lines. You're standing in line, and it's a long line, and you're complaining because you don't want to be patient. You don't, you're not very good at being patient. But at least the line is sort of moving. It's not moving fast enough, but at least it is moving. Yes, it's hard to be patient, but at least it's easier to be patient when you see progress. The flip side of that, it, it is so difficult to be patient when there's no progress in sight, when there's no evidence of moving forward. It seems like you're exactly where you've been and nothing has changed. That's the type of patience that is required, but that's also the type of patience that is usually the most difficult. So let me say this phrase, and I mean it, and I believe it with all my heart, and I know it's gonna sound cliche. God is working, so wait patiently. God is working, so what can we do in that situation? We wait patiently. Like I said, I, I know that can sound just cliche and well, it's easier said than done. I, I, I get all that. But that doesn't mean it's not true. God is working. Our response is to wait patiently. If you have a Bible, go over to Psalms chapter 40. Psalm chapter 40. We've looked at a lot of Psalms over the summer because we see David doing a lot of responding to life. And especially when it comes to waiting, David has given a great example on how to respond when we are in this season or in this situation that requires waiting. Now, as you're getting to Psalm 40, or we'll put on the verses on the screen for you here in a moment, let me give you a little context who we're talking about. This is David, King David, David and Goliath, David. And he has a lot of ups and downs in his life. He goes through a lot of different seasons of waiting. Started out as a shepherd boy, waited his turn to finally be known, became anointed future king. That's when that whole Goliath thing happened. But if you didn't know the story, the current king actually really wasn't happy about King David, knew King David. So King Saul chased after and even tried to kill David. So David ran off and started hiding, waiting for his turn to take the throne. After a long time waiting, finally his time came. He became king. But then what we see is that joy didn't last very long because scandal hit, his, hit the kingdom with lies and deceit and murder and an affair. And so then that blew everything up. You even have later on more dysfunction in David's family. His own son tried to take over the throne. So then David runs off again, running truly for his life, waiting for that situation to change. He's lost a son. He's lost multiple kids. 
It is a up and down roller coaster through David's life, many of those defined by waiting. So what we see in Psalm chapter 40 is a, a psalm, a song that David wrote that appears to be after he was finished waiting in some scenario. That some situation came to a conclusion and he was finally able to write down how he got through the waiting. So here's what I'm hoping as we go through just five of these verses. And if you want to keep reading it, I'd encourage you to finish the rest of the chapter later on today. But as we go through just the first five verses of Psalm 40, I want you to be listening for how should I respond when I'm stuck waiting? Okay, God, if you're working, how am I to wait patiently? What does that look like? So let me read through it and then we're going to go back and we'll point a few things out that I think will help us. Whether you're in a current situation that requires waiting, you feel stuck waiting or you've been there, done that, and we know it's going to happen at some point in the future. Psalm chapter 40, verse 1. Here's what David writes. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new, that's a big word. We're going to come back to that quite a bit. Say it with me. He put a New, put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed are those who make the Lord their trust, who do not look to the proud or to those who turn aside to false gods. Last verse. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you planned for us, none can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of all of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. Now, like I said, that's most likely written after the situation had concluded. He had been waiting and waiting. It's difficult to figure out what to do in the midst of it. But afterwards, most likely, out of one of those scenarios and situations where he was stuck waiting, finally was able to move through it. And that's his response. So as we go back through these, and I'm going to give you some questions to begin to ask yourself after, at the end here. But can we see a progression of here's how we walk through those seasons of waiting? These major life situations where we find ourselves stuck waiting, how should we respond? Go back to the very first verse David writes. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Now in the original language, there's not very much of a distinction between waited and patiently. Like we have two different words and we all know people that wait and not so patiently. So we have to, we have to specify it's waiting patiently. But in the original language, it would have been written, I waited waited for the Lord. It's not necessarily written waited patiently. That's for our benefit to interpret and understand it. David was writing, I waited, waited for the Lord. And I bet you could add a few more and waiteds. I waited and waited and waited and waited. He waited. But what did he wait for? That's key. That's key. He waited for the Lord. It wasn't just waiting for the situation to come to a close. It wasn't just waiting for that next step. It wasn't just waiting for it to all work out. It said, no, I'm waiting for God to show me something. I'm waiting for God to move in my life. I'm waiting for God to lead me. He said, I waited, waited patiently for the Lord. And then that next part, turned to me and heard my cry. Now turned there, again, this helps us understand a little bit more. That literal word is inclined. So here David said, I just waited and I kept waiting and I kept waiting on God. But then God does something. It says, he, God, inclined to me. And the two visuals that you hopefully will begin to think of is you got two positions, right? You have incline, which would kind of lean forward a little bit. And then you've got recline. That would be one of these. 
And oftentimes in our season of waiting, we feel like God is doing one of these, that God's just reclining on us, that God's just kicked back, relaxed, taking a nap, waiting for things, waiting for us, waiting for who knows what. But here David says, no, 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 I waited, waited on God and he leaned into me. He inclined, he turned to me, he moved forward. Don't miss the significance of that. God did not step back in David's season of waiting. David said, no, I waited, waited. I patiently waited on you, God. But what did God do? He leaned in. So whatever situation you're currently waiting in, know that God is leaning into you. It says, he turned to me, he leaned into me and he heard my cry. God is working. We wait patiently. God's working. He hears your prayers. Your prayers do not go unheard. He's not reclining and leaning back. He's leaning in, even in your season of waiting. Verse two says, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, set my feet on a rock, gave me a firm place to stand. In other words, finally something changed. David says, I was waiting and I was waiting. And God, I know that you leaned in and you were right there with me. I believe that, I know that. But I'm waiting and waiting and oh, finally something's changed. He said, he pulled me out of this pit, the muck, the mire. Understand that the pit that David is referring to, generally speaking, is anything we cannot get ourselves out of or we would get ourselves out of it. So he's stuck waiting and can't do anything about it until God steps in, intervenes, and does what only God can do and pulls David out because David couldn't do it on his own. And this is the praise Jesus moment. This is the finally something's different. Finally something changed. God, thank you for finally answering my prayer. What's interesting though is we don't have any timelines in here. From verse one to say, I waited and waited on God. Yes, I know you leaned in and you're right there, but I'm waiting and waiting. And then the very next verse, verse two, and he pulled me out of this pit. It feels like that happened like the next day that I waited for a day and a few more minutes. And then God rescued me and delivered me and God took care of this. We have no idea how long it was between verse one and verse two, if you think chronologically, do we? No, we love it when it's instant, when it's the next day, when it's just a week later. But remember verse one says, I waited and waited. God leaned in. And yes, at some point there is the promise that he did. He lifts us out of that slimy pit and he sets us on firm ground where we can stand on our own two feet once again. But we are not in control of that timeline. We like to think we are, we like to be in control of that timeline, but we're not. We have no idea in David's life and in David's waiting situations and circumstances, how long it took to go from waiting to God pulled me out. No idea God's timetable versus our want in the timetable. Verse three, here's that word that I told you to remember. What was the word? New, here it is. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear him and put their trust in him. Now, here's what I think. I think that right there, that idea of new is so much harder than being patient. It says he put a new song in my mouth. I think that's so much harder than just waiting and waiting and waiting and trying to be patient because new says, that's not what I hoped for. That's not what I planned for. That's not what I asked for. 
Right? Oftentimes we say, okay, God, I'm going to wait patiently for you to do this. God, I'm going to wait patiently for you to take care of that. God, I'm going to wait patiently as long as you fix this. And oftentimes God says, that's what I hear you saying. Remember, he leans in. I hear you saying this. I, I, I hear what you want. You think you need that, but God redirects this. But actually, here's what I'm going to do. And it's something you haven't thought of before. It's new purpose. It's new direction. It's new. And in David's life, if you follow through those ups and downs and the different seasons of waiting, you see that what David was aiming for and what he thought he was waiting on, God says, no, 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 actually we're going to do this. And it was something new. In order to receive something new, you have to be okay letting go of the old. Difficult to do. And I would say that's more difficult for us than just waiting and being patient. So can we be okay with something new? God, I'm waiting on you. But I recognize it might not be what I want. The answer you give, the direction you lead, might not be what I'm hoping for, praying for, wishing for. So am I okay with you giving me something new? David says, no, there's something new that you gave me. It's not always what I want. It's not always what I was expecting. Sometimes it's something new. Verse four, blessed are those who make the Lord their trust. In other words, who put their trust in God, but who do not look to the proud or to those who turn aside to false gods. Now, this is interesting because David flips around a question that we typically ask. When we're in a season of waiting, Go back to whether you're traveling or you're with your three kids at the fireworks. The questions always revolve around time. How much longer are we there yet now? How about now? How about now? Well, when? How much longer? You know those questions, right? You've, had to, you've asked them yourself, don't lie, but you've also had to answer them. So usually when we're stuck waiting, we're asking questions that deal with when. And here David says nothing about when. But it's all about a who. Blessed are those who make the Lord their trust, who do not look to the proud or those who turn aside to false gods. So he says, in your season of waiting, don't worry about the when. Stop asking the when. Who are you looking to? Who are you focused on? And he gives two examples. He says, blessed are those who put their trust in God, who trust his guidance, who trust his leading, who trust his timing. But we know that it's very natural for us to, when we're waiting, to look around at everybody else and compare ourselves, right? We get into that comparison game. Well, I'm stuck here and everybody else is way over there. I'm stuck in this situation. Name your situation that you feel stuck in. And nobody else seems to be stuck here. Everybody else is fine doing their own thing. We start to look at other people and compare where we are to where they are and wonder, well, why can't I be there tonight? Why can't I be there tomorrow? Why can't I have that job now? Why can't our finances match up like that? And all of a sudden, we start to look at everybody else and compare. And here David makes it very, very clear. No, it's blessed are those who make their trust, put their trust in God, in that who, not to those who look to the proud and everybody else and where they're at. So don't make it so much about the when. How much longer? When's it going to happen? How about now? How about now? How about now? How about now? But ask the who question. Who am I following? Who am I looking to? Who has my trust? Verse five, last verse. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things that you've planned for us. Notice he goes past and future. He looks back. Many 
God, are the things that you've done. Many are the wonders you have done, past tense. If you're right now in a season where you feel like you're stuck waiting, let me give you permission to look back just for a minute. What has God already done in your life? Because there's a lot there. And if you can't think of one thing, at least remember the cross. That if God has done nothing else for you, he sent Jesus to die on the cross for you. If nothing else, let me say that's enough. God is working. We wait patiently. So he says, many are the wonders you have done. He says, the things you planned for us, the things that we didn't see, the things that we couldn't imagine, the things that we ourselves couldn't have planned for, we didn't even know how to ask for. God, you had planned for those. So he, he shows both sides. Many are the things that you, have done, that you have done. And I recognize the plans that you had in place for us. And I love this last part. None can compare with you. If I were to speak and tell of your deeds, there would be too many to declare. I love that. Like right now, if I were to stop and just try to tell you all the things that God has done in my life, I'd run out of breath. We'd run out of time. There would be no amount of words that would fully encompass all that God has done for us, what he currently is doing and the things that he has planned for us. So that's kind of how David, just in those first five verses, how he walks us through a season of waiting. He starts by saying, I waited, waited, and recognize that God, you lean in. You don't recline back, you lean into me. But also I'm not in control of the timetable and the time frame. But at some point, you are going to pick me out of this situation that I cannot do anything about. And I'm going to trust that you're going to put my feet on solid ground. Where I can walk on my own two feet again. And that you're going to be with me every step of the way. That you're going to show up in your time, not necessarily mine. And it might be something new. I need to wrestle with that. In this season of waiting, the things that I'm hoping for, wishing for, wanting for, think that is best... I need to be open-handed and say, but God, if you want to provide something new, if you want to lead me in a new direction, I'll give you that permission. I'm going to invite you to give me new direction, new purpose, instead of me holding on to just what I think is best. And Jesus, I'm going to put my eyes on you. I'm going to trust you and your leading. I'm not going to worry about where everybody else is and how fast everybody else is moving through their situations. I'm going to focus on me and you. I'm not going to worry about the when. I'm not going to worry about all the other who's. I'm going to focus on you because you've done a lot. You've planned more than I'll ever know because you're doing so much right now. That's kind of the progression he seems to walk us through. Now let's make this real helpful and super applicable. Using those four verses as kind of like a guide, I'm gonna give you four questions to ask yourself. So if you wanna write these down, these will be helpful if you're currently in a season of waiting or when you find yourself in a season of waiting where you feel stuck, I'm just waiting. These are some questions to go through that help us follow David's model as he waited multiple times through his life throughout these waiting situations. First question, am I forcing it? Am I forcing it? It's the idea of, sure, I, I, can, I can make it happen. I can force it to happen, but God, is it you leading or is it me leading? Right? Forcing it has everything to do with God's time versus our time. When we say, God, uh, I, I love you, I, I believe in you, and I'm about, about following you as long as it's a little faster, right? That's usually how we interact with God. We want it to be on our time, not his time. And when his time doesn't match up with our time, we start to force things to happen. Let me help you understand it a little bit differently here. Let me, uh, let me draw a picture on this for you. I'm gonna, let, let's just say this is me, because I've been stuck in waiting situations plenty of times. There we go, that's me. Looks pretty good, I think. I'm an artist on the side. So put yourself in there. It's like you, you've got you, and then you've got a current situation. Do you see where this is going? Square peg, round hole. 
And what happens is we're all fine and dandy, life is good until we run into a situation that isn't working out the way that we thought it would work out. And we look at that situation and say, okay, God, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some time. I will wait. I'm not going to wait, wait, but I will wait for a little bit. And, and it still isn't working out. And so then we start to take matters into our own hands and we say, okay, let's see if we can make this thing work here. Because I believe that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, say amen. That's taken totally out of context in this situation. But God, I believe that you're going to work things out for good that those that love you. Don't you love when you quote scripture out of context to make it fit? So you try to make things fit and it's still not working. So now you have a choice. You're like, okay, do, do I keep fighting and, and forcing this or do I let God's time and lead? It's like, no, no. God, you gave me a brain. You gave me resources. You gave me strength. Hallelujah. So I'm going to make sure this thing works. So then we start to say, <laughs> let's see if we can make this thing happen here. And and we, we start just trying to be gentle and nice about it. And, and that's not really working. So then we're going to up our game a little bit. That was our theme for best week ever last week. So it's still in my head. So then we say, all right, now Jesus, get ready because I'm a coming. And so I'm going to make sure that this is going to, hang on, this is getting dangerous. Front row folks, get ready. I hope you, you brought something here. Because there's nothing I can't do if God's with me. So I'm going to force myself in every situation until I finally get it in. Got it. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, so we do that, don't we? <laughs> as long as it works. As long as it, it worked out the way that I expected and I had planned for. Well, that, that's what it was supposed to be. Well, let me ask you, at what cost? Right? Not just the effort and the energy, but I put this little guy through a whole lot just now, didn't I? Get it? Whole lot? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. You can shake your heads later, but you will talk about that joke at lunch today. No, we, we do that though. At what cost, I would say? Sure, you can speed up some things on the timetable, but at what cost? The pain, the splintered and fractured relationships because you are full steam ahead instead of letting God lead. What this looks like in real life, and this is gonna sound ridiculous, is us leading God. So it's almost like us saying, okay, come here, God. Let's go, Jesus. Come on, Lord Jesus, this way. We're gonna go this way. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, this way right here. Come on, stay with me. Here we go, this way, this way, this way. That's what that looks like. Instead of flipping it around and saying, okay, Jesus, you are the Lord and Savior of my life. Where are we going? Okay, this way. I'm following you. Oh, okay, we're going to go a little quicker here. Oh, we're turning this way. I don't quite understand why, but okay. And we follow his leading instead of trying to get him to follow us. So yes, you can force it. It does not work out well. It is full of pain, difficulties, struggles, tension. And it's never what you thought it would, would be. When you get it all finished, you get what you thought you were aiming for, and you're like, well, this, this isn't what I was hoping for, actually. Are you forcing it? Am I forcing it, would be the question. Because go back to the time between verse 1 and verse 2. We have no idea how long that actually took. And we begin to force things when we speed up the timetable. Now, don't mishear me. Am I saying don't fight for anything? Of course not. Am I saying, well, everything will work out perfectly and super easy and simple if you follow God. Of course not. 
Chuck Swindoll said it really well. Uh, pastor, kind of like a pastor of pastors, he said it this way. He said, generally speaking, when God is in something, things flow. When he's not, you have to force it. So that's the question. Am I forcing it or am I allowing things to, to flow? Like I said, there are plenty of things to fight for. There are plenty of things that you should not give up on. But you always have to go back to that question. Am I following God or am I trying to get him to follow me? So first question, am I forcing it? Second question, how is God working in my life? How is he working in my life? We looked at that verse five that David wrote and said, wow, I looked to the past and man, you just did so many things, God. I looked to the future and the plans that you had made. But God, right here, right now, you are doing so much. In fact, I can't even begin to tell you everything that you've done in my life, God. So often when we're stuck in a season of waiting, our eyes become so closed and blinded to what God is doing right here, right now. If he's not doing what we want over here, we forget everything else that he's doing in front of us. God is working. Do you see it? Do you notice it? Because I promise you he is. We just don't always notice it. So begin to take inventory. What is he doing right now? Maybe there's a rescue that he's working on in your life currently. Maybe it has something to do with reconciliation or restoration. Maybe he's preparing you. Maybe he's teaching you something. Maybe he's helping you. Maybe he's planning something. What is he doing right now in your life? Just because you're waiting in one area doesn't mean he's not doing something right here, right now. He's working. We just wait patiently. Here's the next question. So we have, am I forcing it? What is he doing right now? We don't want to be blind to what he's doing. When we get stuck waiting, it's easy to miss what God's currently doing. Third question, what is God's bigger plan in all of this? This is a fun question to ask. Because keep in mind, we're talking about the God of the universe. And the God of the universe, we're told, is leaning into your situation. Wherever you're waiting, whatever thing you're waiting on, God is leaning in. Yes, we are waiting patiently, but he is leaning in. And the God of the universe, as he leans into you, can do anything. So what a fun question to ask. God, I have no idea why I'm stuck waiting. I wonder what you're up to. Oh, what a fun question to ask. God has no limits. So whatever you feel is a weight, what might God be planning and preparing you to do? So ask yourself that question. God, what might you be up to? What might this turn into? Where might this lead? Because God, you're the God of the universe. Who knows what you might be up to? Ask yourself that question. Great are the wonders of God. And it might be something new. Remember that big word there in verse three? Might be something new. I didn't see that coming. I would venture to guess if you're like me, most of the things God does, I look back and says, yeah, that wasn't what I was thinking. I'm glad actually it wasn't what I was thinking. This is much better. This is a better spot. God, you really do know what's best. So be open to the new because who knows what God might do. So am I forcing it? What's God doing right now in my life? What might God be doing what might that new thing be that God is preparing or planning or working towards or in with me? Here's the last question. What do I do while I wait? What am I doing while I wait? Or another way to phrase this, and this is for you. While I wait, I will fill in the blank. While I wait, what am I to do? I love this part where David begins to explain what happens. He says, many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. It's the end of verse three. 
In other words, God, there's more going on here than I can see. And yes, I believe wholeheartedly you're working. And yes, I know that I am to wait and wait and wait patiently. But what can I be doing right now? See, I believe we can wait patiently, passively, or we can wait patiently, actively. Here's what I mean by that. Passive says, I'm going to just wait. I'm not going to do a thing till God, you do your thing. That's it. And you literally are stuck waiting. Waiting patiently, but with an active spirit, goes to what Jesus says. He says, first, seek the kingdom of God. But then later he says, ask, seek, knock. You know the whole phrase of it's easier to turn a ship if it's moving, right? Same thing here. Okay, God, what might you be doing? Let me go this way. No, that wasn't it. That, that's not working. How about this way? And do you see what begins to happen? Oh, this feels more like flow than it does force, doesn't it? You begin to test what God is doing in your life. You begin to ask him questions. You begin to seek things out. But it doesn't mean you stay put. It doesn't mean you lock yourself in your room and just wait for God to show up and open the door. I'm not saying you break down the door either. I'm saying you go and test the doors. How about this way? God, how about this way? Is this what you want me to do? How about over here? God, where are you leading me? As a pastor, I have the privilege of meeting with a lot of people. And so often those conversations at some point come down to me giving some sort of encouragement on maybe God's waiting on you. Yes, wait on God. Don't force it. But he might be looking at you and saying, man, I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Take that next step. Take that next step. And allow him to lead you one step at a time. God is working. Wait patiently, but don't stand still. So while you wait in whatever situation you find yourself stuck in, don't let that make you stuck in every other area of your life either. If you're stuck at work, you shouldn't be stuck at home. You shouldn't be stuck in your family, stuck spiritually. Sure, you might feel like you're stuck waiting on things at work, but you've got an entire life and so many other relationships where God is leading you in. Take those next steps. If you still feel stuck at home and man, things just aren't working with my kids and my marriage, how do you lean in like God's leaned in in your life? Take those next steps. Doesn't mean you're hands off. You should be a little bit more hands on actually, waiting for him to lead you and for you to follow him. So let me just give you some ideas of what those next steps might be. We've talked a lot about them, especially last week. Just like David said, it's about who, not when. So putting your trust in God, it starts there first. That first step is not, I've got it all figured out, so now I'm ready for Jesus to come in my life. It's like, I've got nothing figured out, so Jesus, you better come in my life. <laughs> Take that approach. It works a whole lot better, I promise you. You start there. Then if you've done that, you said, Jesus, you're in my life. You take another step, and that's through baptism, the obedience of baptism, where we celebrate that decision. We say, from this moment on, I'm not perfect, but from this moment on, I'm at least going in that direction. We say, stumbling in the right direction. And you take a next step, and the next step, and the next step, and you might not know where all of these steps are leading, but we follow Jesus and that becomes the flow, not forced, in his time, not ours. Maybe it's serving, maybe it's connecting with other people. I will say, a lot of times when we feel stuck waiting, our tendency is to isolate ourselves. Don't give in to that. Walk with other people. Let other people walk with you while you wait. Be part of something bigger than just you 
while you wait. Let God use you while you wait. Let God speak to you while you wait. God is working. Wait patiently, but be active in your pursuit of him. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for what you have done, for what you have planned already. But God, thank you for what you currently are doing right here, right now, in this very moment, on a Sunday morning in Dawsonville, Georgia, what you are doing in our lives. God, whatever we've walked in here with today, whatever situation we find ourselves stuck waiting in, whatever scenario or season of waiting we're in, God, we put our trust in you. We trust you with our timing. We trust you with those next steps. We trust your leading. Right here, right now, we commit to following you instead of trying to get you to follow us. So God, show us those next steps. Give us a patient heart. Give us open eyes to see what you are doing. Open our minds to what you might be doing, the greatness and grandness of you. We believe you are working. Help us to wait patiently. In Jesus' name, amen.